0: Let's pray. God, as we turn now to your holy word, we pray that you will open our eyes to the truth, open our ears to the glory of your holy word, and our hearts to your love and the grace given through your son Jesus. Fathers, you do it for us. We pray, as we have all month, that you'll do it for Pastor Kogo, pastor of Covenant Baptist Church in Nakuru, Kenya, Father, we pray that You will help him to speak boldly as he preaches Your Word and that it will not fall on deaf ears, but You will continue to gather a people there, Covenant Baptist Church, and the Gospel will go forth. Father, we pray for him and his wife Jackie and their four children. Comfort them, strengthen them, knowing that You are with them and forever, Father, doing a work among them. Lord, we pray that as you do it for him, that you'll do it among the missionaries of North American Mission Board who have gone all over North America seeking to plant churches and to advance the gospel of Jesus Christ. Lord, we are grateful for the support that we have received from NAM. Father, I pray that we will partner together as we continue to seek out the lost as you have sought us out. And that they will know the truth of the gospel in Jesus Christ. That they will know what the glory and the peace of God is. Lord, we pray for the Yazid of Sudan. Over 385,000 people who are trapped in the false religion of Islam. Thinking that they have to work to achieve your good graces. That they have to come up to the standard, Father. May you... Help them to see that they will never achieve, even on their best day, with their best effort, they will never come close to being what they ought to be. But Jesus has. Father, help this precious people to rest in what Jesus has done for them. May they trust in Him alone for salvation. and know what it means to be safely secure in the family of God. No longer having to to work, to sweat hard, thinking that they will someday hopefully get there, but in Christ, our salvation is secure forever. May they come to see that, Father. May You raise brothers who will preach the Word and gather brothers and sisters and churches will be established among this people, Father. May You save many of the Yazid. Lord, we pray this morning for Covenant Community Church and Foundation Church of Fredericksburg, Stafford Baptist Church, sister churches in our area who seek the lost, who preach the whole counsel of God, who want the Gospel known. Lord, I pray that You'll be with those brothers and sisters. And that this day will be a wonderful day of worship and of encouragement in your word. Lord, help me this morning to not speak in error, but may the truth of the gospel be heard and worshipped. We thank you. All of this is in your son's most precious name. Amen. Can you believe that we are just two days away? from Christmas two days away and I can say I have thoroughly enjoyed this Christmas season I have been reminded of the deep truths and the joy that the birth of our Savior brings my heart is full of the retelling of the mysteries of the gospel message As I've dived more and more into this Advent series, my soul has been fed by the feast of the eternal reality of God coming to dwell with us. Now, honestly, I've not always been able to say that. There have been times in past years when the Christmas season was difficult. And I know that there are some of you that are experiencing that now. Christmas brings joy, but you're trying to just bear through it all. I want to say to you, especially, that while your circumstances may not change, I, I cannot tell you if they will or not. What I can tell you is that what is meaningful to you does change. Throughout this Advent series, what is evidently clear is that there is an eternal reality that far exceeds whatever you're facing. Whether it's good, whether it's bad, whether it's tough, whether it's easy, there is an eternal reality that exists that far exceeds whatever you're facing. You see, God is real. His plan of salvation has been worked out through the incarnation of His Son, God's only begotten Son who has existed for all eternity who the Scriptures say is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of His nature, who upholds the universe by the word of His power, came to this little known town called Bethlehem. He took on flesh to make purification of sin. He redeems lost sinners and turns them into saints. He brings them from far forgotten places, from the misery and the false bluster of this life, and he grants them repentance and new birth, and he gives them a front row seat to his majestic and his awesome presence. This enjoyment of that that I have is not mine alone. Anyone who has stepped away from the rush to hurry up in this season, whether it's hurrying up to get all that you can, or whether it's hurrying up just to get through it all, and they've stopped where they are, and they turn their hearts to the real message of Christmas, they know what I'm talking about, about the enjoyment of the season. There's a warmth that grows in the inner core of a person, in the inner essence of who we are as Advent, the the coming of our Savior, takes hold of you. For three weeks now, we've looked at Emmanuel. We've come to see there's more to Jesus than just simply a name. Every name means something, and there's an incredibly deep meaning to Emmanuel. Emmanuel. We have seen Emmanuel means God with us. The Son of God, who is God, has come to be with us. We say Jesus is our Emmanuel. Christians rejoice in the fact that our God dwells with us. He's with us. There are many all around us in this day and age, maybe some here this morning... Who think they are Christian because they've heard the Christmas story, yet they are oblivious to its significance. They may know the Christmas songs, they can speak of Jesus' birth, but that doesn't make you Christian. Just like being good and moral or trying your best in life, that doesn't make you Christian. There's only one way for anyone to be a Christian, and it's what Emmanuel pro- provides for us and that's grace God giving us grace through his son the joy that Christ gives is not only knowing the story of his birth it's the forgiveness of sin the encouragement the blessed peace and hope the strength and the perseverance and the real lasting contentment that he brings by God's grace What those of us in this room who are Christian are thankful for is that we have been captured by the sheer wonder and the awe of our Lord and Savior taking the form of a man so that he would die in our place for our sins and then rise again on the third day and stomp on the guilt and the shame that our sin has brought us. And then to remove the shackles of its grips on our lives and to then bring us safely to himself where there is no presence of sin. There's only his holiness and his pure love and his grace. Christmas for the Christian is reminding of God coming to help his people just as he promised long ago. Unbelievers don't have grace, so they don't understand why you and I praise God for Jesus at Christmas. They cannot feel the wonder of God's grace, nor can they worship and love Jesus Christ and Him crucified. They do not know of the good news, of the great joy that the angel brought the shepherds That Christmas Day celebrates a Savior who is Christ the Lord who was born to us. They cannot fathom that after seeing this child, why the shepherds went away worshiping God for what they had just witnessed. Why would this great announcement come to shepherds? Shepherds were the most ordinary of people, downtrodden, nothing glorious or exciting about their lives. Often they were far from the city, they weren't up to date of what was happening. They were not into the exciting part of life. There was nothing exciting about their lives. They were far away from society. They were out in the field somewhere. A tent might be all that they had to shelter them at night. And the shepherds had a mixed reputation. They obviously worked hard keeping watch over their flock all night through. But the Jewish leaders looked down on shepherds because they didn't always keep the Sabbath because of working to maintain their flock. And there were some shepherds who simply weren't honest. They, were, they weren't they were always trusted. And then suddenly, suddenly their... Among the shepherds, the angel come to them. The shepherds are the ones the angels first come to, to announce this wonderful Christmas news. Now this doesn't seem like the beginning of an earth-shaking worldwide message. Who's going to listen to these working-class shepherds? Yet the angel says to them, this is good news of great joy that will be for all people. This is not how a a good movie or a great play begins. And neither is it how God's plan of salvation begins. Remember, in eternity past, God created His eternal plan of salvation. And He began working it out in the Garden of Eden. When the serpent deceived Adam and Eve, God first announced the Gospel and that He would destroy the serpent. He said He would crush His head. We're told all throughout the Bible that there is no plan B in God's plan. God has never changed His plan. He's never had to adjust His plan this eternal plan. What God set in course in eternity past, God has been working out all throughout the Bible. He never deviated from what He set out to do. His plan is from everlasting to everlasting. You see, God never changes, and so His plan never changes. The details of His plan were laid out long before it ever occurred. He said that the Messiah would come, that He would be born in Bethlehem. He'd be born by a virgin. And He would be from the line of King David. And if you were to turn to Jeremiah chapter 33, verse 13, you would read this. In the cities of the hill country, in the land of Benjamin, the places about Jerusalem, and in the cities of Judah... "'Flocks shall again pass under the hands of the one who counts them,' says the Lord. "'Behold, the days are coming,' declares the Lord, "'when I will fulfill my promise I made to the house of Israel and the house of Judah. "'And in those days and at that time, I will cause a righteous branch to spring up for David, "'and he shall execute justice and righteousness in the land. "'In those days Judah will be saved.'" So coming to these lowly shepherds was simply the next step in God's great plan becoming known. It's not like the shepherds were the only ones available that night, that everyone else was too important or too high class or too busy. No, the angels suddenly appeared to the shepherds and gave the joyful Christmas message because that's part of God's plan these were men god wanted to hear his message and god what we see god upends everything that people expect people tend to think that they have to clean themselves up in order to come to god when we know that we will never be clean enough for god People want to point to the evil deeds of others, and God says it's our own hearts that are desperately wicked. We are the worst enemy that we have. We think the most influential people can do the most good. When Mary says earlier in chapter 1, God has brought down the mighty from their homes and exalted those of humble estate. See, there's nothing spectacular about the shepherds themselves that causes God to send the angel to them. They are not influential, nor are they powerful. And it's the same earlier when the angel Gabriel came to Mary. There was nothing special about Mary. The angel simply said that she had found favor with God not in who she was, not in anything that Mary did. The favor of God is simply a way of describing God giving His grace. God was giving grace to Mary. Mary is given grace. Mary does not give grace. This is why in chapter 1, verse 29... It says, Mary was greatly troubled at the angel calling her favored. Mary tried to understand what that meant. Then before Mary, an angel of the Lord appeared to Zechariah and told him about a son that was to be born. And his son would prepare the people to receive the Lord. In all three of these peerings, the shepherds with Mary... With Zechariah, what does the angel begin with? Fear not. Don't be afraid. Fear not. Don't be afraid. In all three of these appearings, these ordinary people have something miraculous happening in their lives. God sends a messenger to them where they are part of His great plan of salvation, and they're told, fear not. Don't miss the significance of this. When God comes, fear not. What a comforting way for God to share His great message of salvation. Fear not. It's always like this. You have no reason to be afraid. Receive this message without fear. God has sent a messenger to you. Though the world may look down on you, the world may discount you, God's grace is with you, so do not fear. God is in control of everything. Fear not. If you receive God's grace, then don't fear what God is doing. Don't be afraid of what might happen in your life or to your life. Don't be afraid of the enemy that will come against you. No weapon formed against you will prosper, God says. If God is for you, if you have received His grace, the changes that are taking place are no cause for fear. What's happening to your heart is by the One who has included you in His eternal plan. What people do today or how your family is affected, what your children will become, the outcome of your life, they're all in the hands of God who sent a messenger to bring you good news of great joy. So the shepherds hear the Christmas message of Christ being born in the city of David and he's the Savior, he's the Lord. And they're given a sign to find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. Fear not, I'm bringing great joy. And here's a sign for you so you don't have to wonder anymore about it. You can know for sure that what I say is true. You and I are also given signs. We don't have to fear. By God's grace, we have received the good news of Jesus Christ. We have signs We don't have to wonder anymore. They're all written down in this book, the Bible, God's Word. It's the whole Christmas story. From beginning to end, it tells us the Christmas story from eternal beginning to the eternal end. And if you have received God's grace, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you're part of that eternal plan. You see, only God's people can see Christmas. Only God's people can look at Christmas and be truly satisfied in Christmas. Only the Christian has true contentment because God has given His grace to us. Only the Christian is free from fear and has the assurance and is confident of being with Christ for all eternity. Only the Christian can take in all the greatness Of the angels singing and praising God, saying glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom He is pleased. Now, with this multitude of angels, the heavenly host, we are to picture from the original language an army of angels. A vast number of angels all singing in unison this praise to God. The best I can do to picture this moment is to think of years ago when Christian and I went to the Kennedy Center with our three girls. Gunnar and Kalia were not yet born. The three girls were really little at the time. And we went to listen to the Washington Choral Society put on a Christmas program. And at the end of the show, they sang, 160 singers all sang in unison, Handel's Messiah. The volume that filled the hall and the sound that you heard penetrated you, went all the way down deep into your bones and it was mesmerizing. You were caught up in that moment. We were totally absorbed in that. And that pales in comparison to a multitude of angels filling the sky suddenly praising God. What is it they're praising God for? They say glory to God in the highest and on peace and on earth peace with those with whom his favor rests. But what are they praising God for? They're celebrating two sovereign achievements of God, done simultaneously at the same time, two achievements, one in heaven and one on earth. And one is a result of the other. These are of such magnitude. These achievements are of such magnitude that doing just one of them shows that God is so incredibly stunning and magnificently glorious. Just doing one. But in doing both at the same time, This shows that God is beyond comparison and is of of such enormous scale that He surpasses our best thoughts about Him. He far surpasses anything you could think of about God. What we know from Scripture is that Emmanuel coming to dwell with us is given three titles. He's given Savior, Christ, and Lord. Jesus is the deliverer who rescues His people from death. He's a Savior. You see, we deserve judgment, but in Jesus, in in Christ Jesus, God demonstrated the highest display of His grace by dwelling with us so He could take our place and die for us. He's the Messiah. He's the Christ, the Anointed One. And not only is Jesus the Savior, He's the one who's the humble king who suffers for His people and serves them and gives them life. Not only is He Savior, not only is He the Christ, but He's also Lord. He's the one who leads His people into everlasting. Now realize at this moment when the angels are praising God, the whole unison of the heavenly host are praising God, these shepherds wouldn't have known anything about Jesus if the angel hadn't told them. And this is the good news that the angels did tell them about Jesus. He's Christ the Lord. The shepherds were oblivious as they were watching their flock by night. They were oblivious to the coming of of Emmanuel. They were minding their own business. They were focused on what was in front of them, and the angel said, "This is good news with great joy." You see, the shepherds needed to be told what was happening. Even though Emmanuel was being born, the shepherds needed to be told. They needed it explained to them. They didn't know of Christ coming. They needed it revealed. They needed to hear it for themselves and then to believe. And this is how God saves everyone. Someone must be sent with the good news and then they tell it and people hear it and then they believe it. And they call upon Him and they worship Him. Scripture says how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. Because from preaching people hear it. And by God's grace, they then believe it and they're saved. And with this good news, the angels sing of God's glory to the highest. When we worship, we offer up our praises to God. The angels who sang in unison that night, they came down from heaven. This massive chorus of angels shouts with awesome glory of God in Christ Jesus Heaven and earth together proclaiming the glory of God. Can you picture that? When we worship on Sunday mornings together, we offer up our praises. But at that moment, in that night, the angels came down speaking of the glory of God. They were worshiping God. They came down, heaven and earth together, worshiping God. You see, Christmas is not just an event. It's not just about the birth of a child in Bethlehem. Christmas is a message. And that message leads to belief, and belief leads to worship of God. That message tells of the great links what God has done to save His people who cannot save themselves. The Father sending the Son to save. This salvation that is yours is freely given to you is yours is full of grace and it reveals the glory of God. This glory of God being born in Bethlehem among the lowly, humbling Himself to be rejected by sinful men so that He could fulfill His eternal plan that He set in place to give salvation. And in His mercy, He decided to save a people for Himself. And in so doing, God also defeated Satan the cosmic enemy of God was routed with the incarnation of the son the cosmic enemy of God was defeated by the cosmic glory of God we're told in 1st John 3 8 the reason the son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil The one who accuses you. The one who deceives you and who lies about you. The one who fights against your faith. The one who seeks to take away all your hope and to leave you full of worry and fear. The one who belittles God and seeks to be like Him. The one who wants to steal the glory from God. He has been undone. Satan is in his final days. His defeat has already been determined. He can no longer say anything against God's people because Emmanuel is here. Emmanuel fulfills for us. He fights for us. He takes dominion over us. And all who believe Jesus as Savior, as Christ and Lord, we are safe forever. Christ is the highest glory Because God has done this, because of His power over sin and the devil and the grace and the mercy He gives to the humble, repentant hearts occur. And we celebrate the accomplishment, the other accomplishment of God. God's glory in the highest is seen. In Him coming, He defeats the devil. And we see the other accomplishment In His highest glory revealed among the heavens, within the spiritual realm, God is victorious, and through this He bestows peace on earth to all whom He is pleased to bless with His grace. Praise God. Christ defeats the devil, and at the same time He makes peace by the blood of His cross. Notice the angels are singing this chorus at the birth of Christ. This is not a song that they held until the end of Christ's life. They sang it when He was born as if it had already happened. Peace has been declared to you. For all who trust in Jesus, we are at peace with God. God is no longer our judge. Jesus took the judgment. God is now our Father. Jesus is our Lord who brings us into God's family as children of God. Now, in this life, if we're honest, there is no peace. We see struggles, we see strife, tribulation, trials, persecution. We see all kinds of things that are not peaceful. We ourselves experience lives that are not in peace. We have never really known peace on earth. Sin has so corrupted our lives and the ways of this world, we don't fully grasp what the angels are singing about. We just simply look at the news and look around the world. There are wars. Our own country is at war. Our children will never know what it's like to look at the news and not hear of war in their lifetime. There is ghastly violence, despicable horrors that happen both to Christian and to non Christian. There is no peace anywhere in this world that ever lasts. What the angels are singing about is that among all that unsuredness, without all the fighting that goes on among the nations and inside of countries and within our own families even, there is peace with God for those who put their trust in Jesus Christ. Once we have peace with God, Christians can then have peace with one another. All Christians receive God's grace, so all Christians have peace with God, and therefore we have peace with one another. You see, everyone else is searching and they're clamoring for peace, and they will never find it outside of Jesus Christ. If you are searching for peace and you're searching and everywhere else, know that you will find peace only in Jesus Christ. People are clamoring for peace. And Christians, through the birth of our Savior and the death of Him on the cross, we actually have it. We have peace in the midst of this turbulent world. God gives His grace to his people and his peace fills our hearts. And the strife and the worry and the sinfulness of our own hearts has been put on the Son. And Jesus then, in return, gives us his everlasting joy. In two days we celebrate, for to us a child is born, a son is given. May the glory of Christ and the peace of Christ reign in our hearts this Christmas as we celebrate Him coming to dwell in our midst. You and I, brothers and sisters in Christ, we have reason to celebrate this Christmas with full hearts, full of love for our God. Christ has come. Our fear is gone. He came to take The great work of salvation for all of us in Christ Jesus, our eternity is sure. And we join the angels and we say glory to God in the highest and peace on earth among those with whom he is pleased. You see, this Christmas message is ours to enjoy. This Christmas message is also ours to proclaim. Share this Christmas message and be a witness to the glory and the peace of Christ that's been given to you. Let's pray.